Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday. We have got a bevy of stories to get to right now. You may have just heard Vivek Ramaswamy taking a two-by-four to Nikki Haley on the program. Uh, we just finished that interview on Clay and Buck with Vivek, um, and that's going to be up soon. I think you guys are going to enjoy that. Um because uh, that uh, conflict with Nikki Haley went even more into, I would say, the, uh, the the public arena than it already was. We got to talk about Michigan. Texas A&M firing uh, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, the Alabama and Georgia dominant wins. Missouri uh, whipping Tennessee. Uh, where we are in the college football playoff picture. All that and more. Plus, Marvel superhero movie totally bombs. Uh, Megan Rapino tears her Achilles tendon, says it's proof there is no God. Uh, Jack Smith wants uh, there to be no cameras in the courtroom. Trump and the media want them. Uh, Arkansas, not a good season. Three and seven, I believe, on the year. And there's a Polar Express controversy. Eric Adams under fire from Biden's Department of Justice. That's what happens. Uh, Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina, has suspended his presidential campaign. All of that we have got to run into. Plus, by the way, my chair's too low. I gotta, I gotta lift my chair. Hold on a sec. I've got to be more. Uh, I, I gotta be higher up. I think I need a new chair. This chair, like over time, is slowly shrinking. So, like, I'll put myself up at a decent level, and then, uh, and then I slowly just sort of uh, shrink down over time. I think I may have given this chair too much of a workout. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think it's weighing too much. I'm not that out of shape, although kind of out of shape, not totally out of shape. Uh, all right, so let's start with Michigan. Uh, I think this judge made the wrong decision in not granting Michigan the temporary restraining order uh, that they were seeking to allow Jim Harbaugh to coach against Penn State. Uh, now, let me explain why. Um, I don't believe, based on having read what the Big Ten findings reflected, and also having read the documents surrounding this entire investigation, the Big Ten itself says they haven't found any evidence that Jim Harbaugh definitively knew about what was going on in terms of this signal sealing. Uh, I think that Tony Petitti, uh, Petitti, whatever his name is, the Big Ten commissioner, uh, I think that he overreacted. He allowed a mob of angry Big Ten opponents to bully him into suspending Jim Harbaugh. And I would have granted the TRO if I were this Washtenaw County uh, judge who was assigned this case. Why? Because I believe that Jim Harbaugh is being irreparably formed by not being allowed to coach on the sideline for Michigan Day. He can never get back on the sideline for Penn State or Maryland or Ohio State. But I believe this judge is unlikely to grant the TRO because if she had been inclined to do so, I think she would have granted it before this suspension came down. Because now, if she finds that there's irreparable harm to Harbaugh, there is no recourse to get him back the game that he was not allowed to coach against Penn State. Uh, so, I think that she is making an error, but it seems to me likely at this point that she will not grant the TRO and that Jim Harbaugh will not be coaching against uh, Maryland or Ohio State. Now, you can argue that Michigan as a rallying force 
is actually benefited by Harbaugh not being on the sideline because the entire Michigan universe, players, coaches, fans, alums, president of the university, all of them are lining up behind Jim Harbaugh and saying that he is being treated unfairly. I don't know that he's being treated unfairly. I do believe that the Big Ten commissioner is acting in an arbitrary and capricious fashion and not following the procedures required under the Big Ten bylaws as it pertains to investigations uh, alleging impropriety in this manner. So, I actually, like I said, believe that Michigan is being unfairly treated here and that there should have been a granting of this TRO and that, uh, that this judge has basically signaled that she will not be doing it. I think it was cowardly of the Big Ten to act on a Friday. I think it was cowardly of them to act when Jim Harbaugh was in the air en route to the game. Uh, I hope they had Wi-Fi on the airplane so that they could see that this suspension was happening. But I think this is ultimately indefensible but also simultaneously a rallying situation. What I would say is it's incredible television. I put on Big Noob waiting to see what the result of this uh, court proceeding was going to be. Like a lot of you, they were live in Happy Valley. It's a situation without precedent. Jim Harbaugh could theoretically return for the Big Ten title game, and the commissioner of the Big Ten could be forced to present the trophy to him. If that were to occur... I think it would be amazing television if Jim Harbaugh took the trophy, spiked it, said bet, which has become the rallying cry, and led his team off the field. Can you imagine that spiked Big Ten trophy in the the uh, trophy case at the University of Michigan? Everybody would come get their picture with it. It would be an immediate t-shirt, right, that they would sell millions of dollars worth of year, and it would continue the uh, the title defense, and uh, the uh, the rallying effect. To me, the analogy I'm drawing here is Auburn 2010. I think Michigan continues to claim they did nothing wrong and argue that they're being unfairly treated. I said several weeks ago that I didn't think the Big Ten, the NCAA, or Michigan were going to derail this title run. It's going to take someone beating them. Maybe Ohio State can do it in the big house in the final week of the year. I wouldn't bet on it. I think Michigan's going to go 13-0 and and be in the college football playoff. And I think there are a lot of people out there that will be following this. All of the chaos, all of the controversy, all of the conflict is good for college football. Conflict is good. It's what makes people pay attention. Any story without conflict is a boring one. The games themselves typically represent the conflict. Now we've got a different caliber of story. Uh, all of this, I think, works in Michigan's favor. Okay, uh, on-field result. What an ass kicking. Michigan didn't throw a forward pass in the entire second half. 30-plus plays in a row just running the football. What an unbelievable performance by Michigan. Physically dominant in the second half. Basically told Penn State, your offense cannot score enough to beat us. We don't even have to use the forward pass. They didn't. They got a solid quarterback in J.J. McCarthy, and they just lined up and ran the football every play and physically dominated Penn State. A lot of Penn State fans upset. It's probably going to be the most disappointing 10-2 season 
in uh, Mitty Lion football history. Maybe the most disappointing 10-2 season in college football history. Penn State just not good enough on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is very good. They lack explosion. They don't scare anybody. Uh, the Penn State has now fired their offensive coordinator. I think ultimately this is just a sign of Penn State being a top 10 to 15 caliber program, but not a top five one. And, uh, and if Penn State were, for instance, in the ACC, I think they'd have a good chance of winning the ACC. I think they'd have a good chance of winning the Big 12. Uh, but they're in the Big 10, and they're in the Big 10 East, and they're the third best team in the Big 10, and they happen to be the third best team in their own division. I think this will manage a matter of less in a 12-team playoff because you could still be the third best team in your conference and one of the 12 best in the country. And I think that would benefit James Franklin going forward. Uh, but my goodness, Michigan on the road, 10-0. and They're going to beat Maryland this weekend, even with it being a clear trap game. And then I believe they will beat Ohio State, be 12-0 and going to the Big Ten Championship game. Well, they'll beat Iowa, I think, who is now the favorite to emerge as the proverbial uh, beatdown candidate uh, on the other side of uh, the field. Big Ten West, uneven to beat. Uh, Alabama. Jalen Milrow has moved from a game manager to the reason why Alabama wins. I'm not sold on Alabama's talent at wide receiver, not sold on their talent on the offensive line, not sold on their talent at the running back position. But Jalen Milrow is and has become over the course of this season a difference maker for Alabama. Elite being able to make plays, three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. He is one of, I think now, the 10 most explosive players in college football. I'd put him up there with Jaden Daniels, who had probably the best game of the year in college football. Went for over 300 yards throwing the football, over 200 yards rushing the football, uh, over 600 total yards, period. Florida Gators had no answer for him whatsoever. Uh, big takeaway from that game is I don't see how Jaden Daniels isn't a top five caliber pick. Drake Bay we know is good. Caleb Williams we know is good. I didn't get to put Jaden Daniels into that mix. I think he deserves a visit to uh, uh, to New York as one of the finalists, but I believe that ultimately the Heisman Trophy is going to come down to uh, Bonix uh, at Oregon and Michael Penix Jr. At, uh, at Washington. Whichever of those teams wins the Pac-12 championship is likely to be your Heisman Trophy winner, I believe, because Jane Daniels doesn't really have any more signature opportunities in terms of being on the national stage. I know they play Texas A&M. I'll get to Jimbo being fired momentarily. Uh, but to me, it's going to be Knicks versus Penix, and we'll see whichever team, and I think it'll be Oregon, emerges from the Pac-12 championship as the Pac-12 champ. Uh, I believe that quarterback will end up the Heisman Trophy winner as well. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. Uh, how about... Uh, Florida State continues to win. Ohio State continues to win. There are eight teams that still have a chance to be your national champion in no particular order. Georgia obliterated Ole Miss. Georgia is rounding into shape. Carson Beck also becoming more of a difference maker at quarterback. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, uh, Washington, and Oregon. That is your uh, over and Texas. That is your eight teams that are still in the mix. Uh, most difficult challenge in the act, in the playoff picture would be if Michigan or Ohio State goes 13-0, they're in. 
uh, if Florida State goes 13 and 0 therein, uh, if you also ended up with Washington, Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, heck, if Washington goes 13 and 0, they're definitely in. Uh, they got a tough game against Oregon State by way this weekend. Uh, if you have Texas go 12 and 1, I think they would be in. Alabama at 12 and 1 could find itself on the outside looking in as teams continue to win. Now, I think Texas, which was fortunate to hang on and beat TCU, will lose at some point, maybe even this weekend against Iowa State. Uh, but if Texas wins out, they would get in over Alabama in what would potentially be a very controversial situation. Jimbo Fisher gets uh, $76 million. By the way, congrats to Missouri. Uh, uh, Schrader went out and absolutely dominated. I uh, kicked Tennessee's ass. I thought Tennessee had a decent chance to compete against Georgia this weekend. I will be in Knoxville with big news uh, for the Saturday pregame show, but that game looks nowhere near as interesting coming off of 50-plus from Georgia being hung on Ole Miss and also with Tennessee getting beat 36-7 by Missouri. Uh, Jimbo Fisher gets fired. Been rumored for a long time. Aggies come out and destroy Mississippi State. Mississippi State also firing their head coach. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, $76 million payout. Uh, and I flagged this over how the payoff would end up going, which is uh, pretty interesting to, uh, to think about here. Um, and uh, Jimbo Fisher gets $19.4 million within 60 days. Within 120 days, he gets an additional $7.27 million. And then in 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31, he will get $7.27 million. Biggest buyout, $76 million total. No offset language, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, that is, there is no uh, dollars out there that are going to require that uh, Jimbo Fisher not get paid. So he could go find another job. He could make all of that $76 million. Nothing comes off. I know a lot of people focus on Jimbo Fisher and they're mocking him and everything else. How many people wouldn't take $76 million not to work? Jimbo Fisher getting paid out in a big way. What's the hot board look like? Uh, I was talking... Uh, to uh, to a lot of different people out there. Here are some names that, to me, are potentially on the list, given that A&M has a lot of money. Dan Lanning at Oregon. We've seen the last two Oregon coaches leave for other jobs. Mike Elko, who I would probably say is the favorite head coach at Duke, former defensive coordinator. Um, uh, Kalen DeBoer, would he be willing to leave Washington? Uh, Lance Leipold at Kansas would make a lot of sense, too. Uh, Jed Fish, some talk in Arizona, got in Arizona, turned around. Jeff Trailer at UTSA. Everybody always mentions Urban Meyer. Uh, and then I think you could throw out maybe Dan Campbell, uh, who is the Lions head coach, but he's having a lot of success. People will remember him as a longtime Aggie, former Aggie player. Those would be some of the names that are out there. I would add another guy. Uh, that, to me, deserves a uh, a really good look. Um, and that is Chadwell at uh, at Liberty. Uh, all the guy does is win. I think he's 40-5 and five in his last 45 games at Coastal Carolina. I think Mississippi State should take a look at, uh, at Jamie Chadwell. To me, definitely worth considering. Has won at a high level at Coastal Carolina. Undefeated right now this year at Liberty. 
I don't know why somebody like Mississippi State wouldn't consider him. Here's a wild one for Mississippi State. Would they go back to Dan Mullen? I don't know what the response would be, but over time, Dan Mullen has won at a higher level than anybody else could at Starkville. Now, maybe there's still some raw feelings over his decision to leave and go to Florida. But remember, Dan Mullen recruited Dak Prescott. He had Mississippi State number one overall in the college football playoff rankings. He's won at a very high level. I don't know that he would make that move, but I think it's a conversation that you should certainly have. Um, several other things that are out there. Arkansas. Maybe the next coach, Sam Pettman, definitely on the hot seat. He had to address a report that at halftime of their loss against Auburn, someone put on the Polar Express, uh, the Christmas Tide movie. If you have kids, this is one of the most popular Christmas movies ever. I probably have seen the Polar Express conservatively hundreds of times uh, because my boys, in particular my oldest, would watch it over and over and over again. Um, and so uh, never a good sign when you get whipped at home to fall to three and seven. Also not a good sign uh, when your team is reportedly watching the Polar Express. Uh, several other stories that are out there. Tim Scott has suspended his campaign. Uh, he announced that yesterday evening on Fox News, uh, meaning we're effectively down to four candidates. Donald Trump, Rod DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and Vivek Ramaswamy. I know Chris Christie's still in the race. I know Asa Hutchins is still in the race. Uh, I, I know that uh, that Doug Burgum is still in the race. Effectively down to four. I think there'll only be three candidates on the stage in Tuscaloosa in the first uh, part of December. Um, but to me, uh, this is a time where there needs to be an acknowledgement that if you don't come in second in Iowa, at least seven, then you probably should drop out. Uh, because I don't know if the math is going to add up where anyone going head-to-head -head with Trump is going to be able to win. I think the math is such that no matter what, Trump is going to be the overall favorite uh, and will end up winning. That is, I think he has over 50% of the Republican primary electorate, even if we get it down to Trump versus DeSantis or Trump versus Nikki Haley or Trump versus Vivek Ramaswamy. That's my sense of how the numbers break. Uh, but I think you have to get it to 1v1 sooner or later. And I would suggest that Iowa should be the proving ground and that you go 1v1 against Trump in New Hampshire uh, and potentially in South Carolina and see whether or not there is going to be an opportunity to beat Trump or not. Uh, but I give credit to Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, South Carolina, good guy. We've had him on the show several times. I think he made a compelling argument about the importance of opportunity in America. I think the challenge going forward for him was he wasn't able to cut through the noise. Uh, and so I think he made the right decision. As soon as you know that you can't win, I think you should drop out and allow the contenders to really kind of throw punches at each other. Uh, Megan Rapino finished her career in an NWSL game, and only a few minutes in, she tore her Achilles tendon. And then in a post-game press conference, she said, if you had any doubts about whether there was a God or not, this proves there is no God. Yes, because for my whole life, Megan Rapino, 
I've been thinking to myself, you know what will prove once and for all whether there is any uh, God? It's whether or not you get injured playing soccer in your final soccer match. Now, Megan Rapinoe probably would say she's joking. I think Megan Rapinoe has been uniquely destructive to U.S. women's soccer. And let me just tell you, in 2015, I was present when the U.S. women's soccer team won the Women's World Cup in Canada and beat Japan. I was there with my kids. We were in that crowd in Vancouver. It was an awesome, fun experience. The U.S. women's soccer team was one of the most beloved American sports teams that I can remember. 2019, they go to France and they win again. They're then invited to the White House. Megan Rapinoe says no. She also refuses and bullies other teammates to have them not stand for the national anthem. 2023, in the knockout stage, Megan Rapinoe airmails a penalty kick. As a result, the U.S. women lost and many people exulted. Since that time, Megan Rapinoe, who is gay and is married to a Jewish woman, has decided that she wants to raise money for Palestine. She is a woke imbecile and a hypocrite. And uh, I think and believe that she has destroyed much of the support that the U.S. women's soccer team used to have. This is what woke does. It destroys everything. From a beloved U.S. women's soccer team in 2015 that the whole nation embraced, and everyone was supportive of, to now a team that many people wanted to celebrate when they lost, and in particular, she failed. Now, I don't ever celebrate any injury, right? I don't want any athlete to get hurt. I'm not going to be the person who comes out when Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles tendon, like many people did, say, oh, ha, this is what happens when you refuse to get the COVID shot. So I don't want Megan Rapinoe to get hurt. But I do believe that she has been uniquely destructive to the brand of American women's soccer in what should be a uniting and a celebratory experience where everybody together can root for the U.S. women's soccer team. Megan Rapinoe destroyed their overall ring. Saturday, video. Uh, from inside of the UFC event at Madison Square Garden, Donald Trump walked in with Kid Rock, Tucker Carlson, Dana White, and his own son, Donald Trump Jr., and the entire Madison Square Garden went balkers. There is not one sporting event in America that Joe Biden could walk into and people would cheer. The data is out there right now. Trump has never been stronger than he is at this present moment, a little bit less than a year from when the 2024 election would take place. Uh, you have Trump winning, according to the New York Times, according to the uh, Bloomberg, according to a new study that is out today, overwhelmingly in the uh, border set, I mean, sorry, the, the, the toss-up states, those that are on the border between voting for Trump or voting for Biden. If the election were taking place today, I think Trump would get 300 or more electoral votes, and I think he would win, which is why my whole question that is out there in the conversation we had earlier is, is there anyone that could beat Trump head-to-head? -head? Increasingly, my opinion is that would not occur. Speaking of Trump, uh, we had Julie Kelly on in the second hour of Play a Buck, and we had a discussion with her 
Trump has joined all of the news organizations, the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, everybody out there wants there to be cameras inside of the courtroom where Trump theoretically is going to be on trial in March in Washington, D.C. Jack Smith and the Joe Biden Department of Justice are closing. Let me just ask you this question right off the top. If it's so important to democracy that Donald Trump be convicted of a felony for his role in January 6th related incidents. Why would you not want every American able to see this trial on camera? Politics can create strange bedfellows. Donald Trump and all of the media organizations want this trial on television for all of us to be able to see. I think what's happening is that a Biden Department of Justice is recognizing that this is blowing up in their face. They never anticipated that Trump would be as strong as he is right now, and they are afraid that if this case is televised, that it's going to make Trump even stronger. I've been saying for months before I even knew what positions different people were going to take, this case has to be televised. It is imperative that all of us be able to watch. A new Marvel superhero movie came out, and it is the biggest failure debut in the history of the Marvel movies since Disney purchased Mark. Only, I believe the number is $47 million in total revenue, roughly two-thirds of the worst ever. And the worst ever, I believe, was The Incredible Hulk, which came out a long time ago. Uh, back in like 2008. What's going on here? Disney has gone so far woke that every bit of their business is being soundly rejected. You had the worst debut of a Pixar movie ever. ever. You now got the worst debut of a Marvel movie ever. They had to shut down Star Wars Hotel. They put the Star Wars movies on hiatus because they got so woke that everybody stopped going. Theme park attendance is down. The cost of sports rights is continuing to grow. Disney's not going to be able to afford. I need to write on this at some point. Uh, its current NBA package, as well as an expanded college football uh, package, all of the money is vanishing. Uh, and the overall brand has collapsed during the Bob Iger tenure. Here's an analogy for you. Bob Iger is to Disney what Megan Rapino is to the U.S. women's soccer team. Both uh, total... Uh, failures who embraced woke culture and led their individual organizations to collapse while benefiting publicly themselves. Remember, Megan Ravito's made a lot of money off of embracing woke politics. So has uh, Bob Iger. But the businesses they run, the larger entity is collapsing. This is the real lesson of the woke ideology in general. People stop doing what's best for them and start doing, start, sorry, stop doing what's best for the organization and just do what's best for them. And ultimately, that leads to an organization like Disney collapsing or the U.S. women's soccer team. Finally, uh, Eric Adams had his cell phones and his iPad pad seized by the FBI. To me, this is further evidence of Joe Biden's Department of Justice going after political adversaries. Remember, they began this investigation on a raid of Eric Adams' top 
fundraiser the day he was scheduled to show up in Washington, D.C. and discuss the migrant crisis. Joe Biden has publicly been criticized by New York City Mayor Eric Adams, and on the day he was going to be present in D.C., they suddenly, the FBI, raided his hot fundraiser. Do you think that was an accident? The very early part of the next week, the FBI showed up at a New York City mayor event and demanded that he turn over his cell phones to them. They then took it, took all of the evidence there. Joe Biden and his Department of Justice aren't just going after Republicans. They will go after anyone that dares to question and criticize any of the choices that they make. And that is what Eric Adams is learning himself. Okay, I love all of you. I will be back tomorrow breaking down all of the NFL action. What a weekend in college football. I'm going to now start uh, the college football gambling show with Kelly Stewart. We'll be back with you with that show on Monday because she's traveling for her birthday. So we're going to do it several days early. We'll talk about Monday Night Football. We'll discuss the weekend that was, and I'll give you some early picks, college football and the NFL. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I am Clay Travis. And this has been Outkit Show.